Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and today I'm kind of the Lone Ranger in that I'm the one steering the ship. Danielle's out watching the New York Yankees lose in playoff baseball, so I'm sure she's enjoying the nice rainy weather, and I'm sitting high and dry, but I'm not alone. Today, we're joined by Tan and Liz Duong and daughters Belle and Winnie of CA Blackberries Herd from Southern California. This awesome family breeds Nubians, Nigerian dwarf goats, and mini Nubians. We'll be discussing not only their herd, but also the story of how they traveled across the country from California to Pennsylvania and defied the odds by coming home with a national champion. Welcome to the show, Tan and Liz and the girls. Welcome. Hey, everybody. I am so glad we finally got to make this happen, guys, because uh, right at Nationals, um, I think it was a couple days after the Nubian show, I introduced myself to you guys and I was like, hey, your guys' family rocks. Everybody's family needs to exude what you guys exude in and outside of the show ring, and we need to have you on the show. So I'm glad we're finally having that happen. Well, we're happy to be here, and we're uh, we're definitely honored to be able to get this time with you and uh, share some of our story and yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so I guess, I guess we'll, we'll kind of pop right off here and uh, Tan and Liz and, and girls, can we hear a little about your herd CA Blackberry and, and your family? Yeah. So um, I don't know. We started, uh, I guess the venture started out about 15 years ago, 16 years ago with food allergies um, and just trying to understand where our food comes from and, you know, understand, you know, how it plays an effect on our bodies and so forth. And about 10 years ago, give or take, we decided to take the plunge and move outside of the city and start raising some farm animals. Um, had s- super green, um, had no clue of, you know, <laughs> raising animals, except for we actually started out with chickens in our backyard in the city. Um, pretty much, you know, the, the gateway, gateway drug. Gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> In, in the backyard in the city, um, definitely had people looking at us weird and so forth. But we decided to make the plunge so that we could have more than just chickens. Um, you know, the dairy goats, rabbits, meat pigs, um, ducks, and so forth. And so we we leased a property out in um, uh, Fraser Park area, which is basically off the grapevine in Southern California, and uh, did that for about 18 months. Um, decided uh, that we liked the whole idea, and we accumulated a lot of farm animals at the, in, in that period of time, so it was really no going back. Um, <laughs> Liz, Liz definitely is not a cold weather person, and up there, it definitely, we got the, uh, we would get some yeah. snow flurries here and there nothing extreme i mean nothing like some of our friends out in you know 
the Midwest and, you know, Minnesota and New York and so forth, but it's cold for Southern California. (laughs) 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 You know, so, um, I think it was nice. Yeah. 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 Bell was good with it. Um, Winnie, Winnie was a little younger at the time, but I don't remember. She didn't remember. Um, (laughs) yeah, but we decided, uh, that we're going to live this life. And so Liz always loved San Diego. And we decided one day to drive down, looked at half a dozen properties and three days later, put in an offer. And here we are 10 years later, seven years later. That's that's great. So you guys, you guys jumped right in. You, you found the love and passion for it and, and you saw the green light and you went for it. Yeah, definitely through both in. We're always go big or go home. (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of go big and go home not only do you guys go big with your nubians but you also have the nigerians and a pretty significant population of uh mini nubians as well uh can we talk about those different breeds that you have on your farm and and uh what you guys do with them yeah so um you know we started out like i said seven eight years ago now ten ten years ago i'm sorry with the um with the dairy goats and um we decided to try out a bunch of different breeds, and we came across a mini Nubian. Um, her name happens to be Blackberry, and that's where the herd name came from. Oh, awesome. Liz, Liz fell in love with her um, from day one. She was an easy milker. We got her as a yearling milker, and um, that was kind of the start of all of this. Um, she... Uh, Super easy, super mellow, really, really laid back um, goat. So that was that was a start, and we decided that was the breed for us. Um, ventured off, got probably I don't know a dozen or so does um, from a herd that was selling out. She was breeding them for a while, and um, we end up buying out pretty much her entire herd of mini Nubians and thought that they were a good, a, a good step for us as far as dairy goats. Um, you know, we had a Lamacha at one point, we had an Alpine at one point, and then we also had the Nigerian dwarfs. We had a Toggenberg. And I mean, the, the taste of the milk was great. The, um, what's that? Of the mini, of the mini Nubians. Of the mini Nubians. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a sweeter tasting milk, just like the standard Nubians, but it has the higher butter fat content as the Nigerian dwarfs. And so, I mean, we, we did milk tests on a dough at one point and she had, I think it was nine, 9.3, 9.4% butter fat and was putting wow. out eight and a half pounds of milk a day. There you go. And she ate about two thirds less than a standard newbie. <laughs> a lot less than the standard newbies. All, all they do is eat those newbians, you know. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think our our feed bill definitely has dramatically increased with the the newbie herd since. But uh, they're still the best breed. well i was going to ask bell and winnie uh what their favorites were in the barn but it sounds like nubian is up there huh well i don't know ask winnie winnie what's your favorite breed nigerians (laughs) (laughs) do you like them for their smaller size yeah they were easier to handle for me 
I, I feel you there. I mean, I, I've handled Nubians for quite a few people, including Danielle and her Nubian buck. And I'll tell you right now, they can be a handful, even for me. And I'm a big guy. <laughs> definitely are, but she, she holds her own. She'll, she'll try. <laughs> Well, with having the Nubians and the Nigerian dwarf herd and and the mini Nubians, how how do you manage them? Are they housed separately or do you put all the girls together and let them work it out? Well, for a while, we definitely did house all three breeds together and it worked out really well for us. Um, Until? Until, until, I mean, we we end up um, deciding that we really liked showing. And um, that's actually how we got into um, the Nubians more and the Nigerian dwarfs more. We had a, a significant amount of mini Nubians, as you were saying, and mm-hmm. we wanted to bring in some new bloodlines into the mini Nubian breed. So we ventured off, found some standard Nubians and brought them in. Um, and we're really just bringing them in to infuse new bloodlines into the mini Nubians. And, um, we kind of just got caught up into the whole show world and decided that that was the direction we wanted to take the herd. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I can totally see why you would kind of go towards the standards and, and, you know, obviously the Nigerian dwarfs because you have a ton of, you know, ADGA shows uh, where most, a lot of the miniature dairy goat association shows that I see are kind of like online picture shows, right? Yeah, we did a lot of the V shows and a lot of pictures. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of pictures. pictures. And it just wasn't as fun. You know, I, you know, I don't want to downplay the V shows. But, you know, we would take these pictures and there wasn't right away gratification. We had to wait two to three to four weeks before we got the results. And that was a bit, you right. know. Or if you go to a show, obviously, you know how you do right away. <laughs> and with those virtual shows, do they like mail you ribbons and everything? There's no ribbons, but there are certificates that um, they'll, email okay. they, they'll email you. And it's kind of nice because um, sometimes they'll actually have a picture of the dough and, you know, the, the win that it actually had that they'll post mm-hmm. on the actual um, MDGA site. And then you actually could screenshot that and have that versus you know, you hope that you get a good shot at a show or you remember to take a picture at a show. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's key. <laughs> so with your goats that you have in your program, what do you think are the keys to the success of your management program? And how does living in Southern California influence your management now? So, you know, going, you know, elaborating on that and then also housing the the animals differently. So we definitely, once we got into the show aspect, we actually decided to separate the breeds and actually pen the Nigerian separately because we did get a handful of judges (laughs) saying that the Nigerians look great, but they are just way over conditioned. (laughs) And yes, yes. (laughs) I had the same problem when I had mine. Yes. (laughs) I mean, they, they look, they looked well cared for, I guess, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, so it definitely, you know, was a struggle to figure out, you know, penning them separately because we were so used to having all the goats together. They all bonded. They they duped it out at the beginning. And um, so it was, it, it took us a little time to decide, okay, this is, this is what we need to do to be 
more competitive in the ring with the Nigerian dwarves because the Nubians were doing great. They looked, you know, well-fed. They had great body condition, but the Nigerian dwarves were just a little more round. Mm-hmm. Um, a little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some a little more than others. But, um, but being in Southern California, I mean, we have the advantage of fair weather. Um, all in all, I mean, we do have our spikes of hot temperatures that would hit 110, you know, uh, an, an occasional 115 or something like that. But for the most part, we're in the 70 to 90 degree weather where we're at. And it's like that 70% of the year, um, you know, we'll, we'll have some cold nights where it does drop down to the 30s. But I think, you know, as far as management, that definitely plays a big part in it. Um, we don't have the advantage that a lot of, uh, farms have with being able to graze animals and on pasture and whatnot. So all of our feed is brought in, um, from hay and grain and so forth. So that definitely, I think helps because then there's less chances of worms and stuff like that, that, you know, we're Mm -hmm. picking up from grazing them, which you know, I think they get some benefits of, of different nutrients that way. But at the same time, we're not having to worry about um, the different wormings and stuff like that as much. Um, but then, you know, we're also able to kid earlier. You know, we start kidding. January. Jan- like almost the... Sometimes the, December. Yeah, we, we had a couple like December 25th babies, um, <laughs> which was nice. They're Christmas babies. Um <laughs> But, you know, just right after the turn of the New Year's, we start our kidding and we try to end by, you know, no later than the end of April. We'll get a couple of stragglers here and there. But for us, we found that senior kids thrive the best. We have, as a family, we have the most energy to put into those <laughs> kids. We bottle we bottle raise all the kids. Um, you know, Winnie and Belle do a really good job of getting them on the bucket. And then it's a matter of just throwing in the lamb bars and filling it on a daily basis or multiple times a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely not just throwing it once a day and walking away. That's for sure. And judging by your kids, I know that you don't. (laughs) Well, so this obviously sounds like it's a family affair for you guys. And Liz, I'm going to point this question at you because if you're anything like my wife, uh, she's the one that uh, points out who is responsible for what. So, so what does the the breakdown of the responsibilities on your guys's farm look like? Um, I mean, really, it comes down to we all know what needs to be done, and if somebody's not doing it, somebody will step in and do it. Especially when we're out traveling and doing the shows, it's like I don't know. We all just kind of do our thing. Um, as far as like a daily routine during the spring when we're in full swing of milk. Um, I'll do the morning milking, ton will feed and water. And then the girls have school. And then in the evening, we all come out and I'll, we'll hand, like me and Belle will hand milk. And Winnie will take care of waters. And then when Tom gets home from work, he'll do other stuff and, and then feed the babies in between there. And yeah, I mean, we all just kind of find what we need well, to do. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely, yeah. It, it, it's a, a family responsibility that, you know, somebody will pick up the ball and and go with it if need be and you know it's 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 great because my my daily job fluctuates and so i could get home at three o'clock in the afternoon and be able to help the family with all the chores and then there's days where i might get home at seven eight o'clock at night and they're content and they could take care of everything you know the 
the girls definitely do a, a huge part in managing all the animals, making sure they're all fed and watered and milked and so forth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, a family that uh, farms together, stays together is what my dad used to say. And, and I mean, it couldn't be any, you know, truer. It's just, it's, it's not like a, hey, here's a list of stuff that has to get done. It's just like, okay, we all know it needs to get done. Oh, you're already filling up the land bar. Okay, I'm going to go do this, you know, so exactly. it's, it's cool that you guys are able to see that and just go for it without having to, I mean, I've been on some farms where there's a lot of bickering that goes on on which, on who's going to do what, right? Who's going to feed the bucks? <laughs> well, that's a dad job. <laughs> yeah. There are certain jobs. There's, there's definitely no bickering there. It's, it's all... All right here. Daddy job. It's a it's a daddy job. No, you got you guys definitely <laughs> waters and and you know they'll they'll throw some hay there if, if I'm running late or whatnot. But you know there there are there are certain responsibilities that some of us take more than others. Um, you know, like in the morning, Liz Liz does the bulk of the milking in the morning. Um, you know, if not all the milking in the morning, if Bell has an next early, an early day where she could come out and help out than she does. And then Winnie comes out and does the feeding, um, mm. you know, and then the buck stuff, you know, that's, you know, that, that just comes to the smelly part where I go out and deal with them. And um, hey, I feel you, brother. I'm, I'm the same person. I'm the one in this family that does it. It's uh, it's me. <laughs> and I get yelled at for smelling like a buck. Yeah. <laughs> I think the obstacle is just making sure I don't smell like that when I go to work. That's the uh, that's that's the difficult battle right there. <laughs> now uh, I'm going to ask uh, Bell and Winnie this next question uh, because I know I'm sure there's a different answer from all of you, but I can imagine with having such a tight knit family, everybody has their favorites on the farm. <laughs> so with that. Girls, how do you decide which animals you're going to keep each year and uh, which animals you're going to offer for other people? Mm, that's a hard question. But that's a hard question for all of us. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's something we all struggle with every year. Um, but, you know, I at least for me, I tend to look at memory system making sure that, you know, udder is really socked in. Like, I'm working on my showmanship dough, trying to find a good buck that will help sock in her udder better. Um, and then, of course, there's the cute little runts that are adorable, and I want <laughs> Everybody likes the little ones. Right. Everybody <laughs> likes the little ones. They, they tend to get some extra care, and then... You know, it's it's like, well, you got to decide who to keep. and. But, you know, the runs turn out good. The yeah, runs definitely turn out good. You definitely have a, a runt that turned out really nice. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the extra loving, right, that goes into those smaller goats. You, you yeah. feed them extra, you love them extra, and they tend to grow very well after a while because of that. That's true. That's yeah. true. Now... I'm going to ask uh, everybody this, but uh, mostly the grown-ups here. What are the your big pet peeves 
that put an animal on the sales list. So like for me, I might love a goat, but when she's in heat and she's screaming <laughs> nonstop until she doesn't have a voice anymore, I might, I might encourage myself <laughs> to put her on the sales list. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I can't tolerate when they're super loud. Yeah, yeah. Bell yeah. <laughs> doesn't like that, which is bad for me. Yeah, but but you know when there's one that is excessively loud is <laughs> is definitely um, yeah. But I don't think I don't know. I think it's we just wait till they're freshened or see how they're growing. I don't know if I. I don't have a pet peeve. Yeah, I, I just deal with the loudness. Yeah, I, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think there's a pet peeve that would actually mm-hmm. put them on the sales list per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think we tolerate a lot, and I think that's probably where it's really helped us as far as a herd and continuing to move forward in what we're doing is we will put up with certain things that maybe other breeders might not. Just because, you know, say the, the the doe is excessively loud, but she has a beautiful mammary, we would probably right. keep her around. Whereas somebody else might say, you know what, I can't stand the noise. You can move on. Or a doe that might not jump on the milk stand. And oh, that's you- a big pet peeve. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, Luna. so Luna. <laughs> she doesn't always jump on the milk stand, and she always doesn't always jump off <laughs> but i'm not gonna sell her <laughs> but, do you, but do you have to chase her no no, no, no. you definitely no, don't have to chase her okay that so. might be there you go that might be a pet peeve where they have to go i've ne- but since we've um stopped dam raising i've never had that issue yeah i think they, they it's more of a we have multiple does who try to come out more than once. Yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> that's part of, that, that's, that might be the annoying part. And that's, you know, one of these, one of the things that we're working on as far as a pending situation is being able to have a area where after they're done milking, they go into so that they can't come out for a second round of, of grain. <laughs> Especially those Nigerians. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely not, chasing around i think we we had our share of that um that definitely has gone away since we started bottle raising from birth yeah well one thing that just came to mind is is you're mentioning uh you know waiting to see them freshen but i can't imagine that you're keeping every doe kid that's born there right i mean you've got a you probably have like a hard number i would assume uh, of what you're going to keep or, or are you guys pretty just fluid with that? It, it's kind of fluid. I mean, we have a kind of a roundabout idea of like the overall herd number that we want to try to stick around, but then do we ever it's, stick to but that? But we, we never <laughs> stick toward that exact number. And, you know, around this time of the year, we start looking at the actual overall number and thinking about how many we're freshening the following year and so forth. And so we definitely start letting more animals go around this time of the year and it's a good time if anybody sees us putting an animal out there somebody it's it's an animal that was supposed to stay around but it's just looking at the overall herd number and the freshening number, the freshening number how much work we're going to have next year and and then thinking about like you know what's the best for the herd is to keep that doe around or be able to give the 
the resources that were given to that doe into the rest of the herd. Right. And for those listening, I would suggest going onto their Facebook page, which is linked in this episode's show notes, because uh, last I looked a couple days ago, you had some animals with papers uh, available. We did, and they're they're actually heading to Hawaii in yeah. a couple weeks. Oh, see, listeners, you missed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should have jumped at the chance by liking their farm page. Yeah. Shame, shame. So, so they're going to Hawaii. That's interesting. I've uh, I've never had anybody tell me, "Oh yeah, I just I just shipped a goat out to Hawaii." That's yeah. pretty cool. It is. It yeah. is pretty cool. We're we're very fortunate to be able to find homes for our animals relatively quick. Um, you know, obviously, after this past summer, um, you know, we definitely have a lot more interest. Um, but you know, even from when we were in the minis and we we did really well in the V show and whatnot, we we definitely got a lot of animals throughout the country and did a lot of air shipping. Um, so when we were approached by somebody in Hawaii who was interested in some does for next year. She put in a reservation and we decided to offer out um, these kids that we were posting. We just decided to ask her if she was interested in something now. And she said yes. And so it kind of worked out that she had some other animals going in a couple weeks. And so the transport said, no problem. Um, we could get this all squared away and we'll get it on it plane and flown out in a couple weeks that's that's awesome that's that's really cool the farm's um, beautiful i saw pictures and it's just gorgeous yeah it's like i mean it's it's hawaii <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you see you see pictures of the ocean in the background and i mean the beautiful trees and stuff like it's so it's great. it's amazing so we're we're very fortunate to be able to you know have our animals go to something like that and yeah. um they are super excited to have some animals coming from us. So I think it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a win-win mutual situation. Yeah, for sure. And a couple sentences ago, you mentioned you've gotten a lot of interest since this year. And well, for those that might not know in 2019, you guys attended your first national show. And then subsequently you attended again in 2021 and 2022 how did attending that first national show influence the direction your herd was taking to where it is now, which is amazing? Well, um, so yeah, 2019 was our, our first nationals and um, it was a good experience overall. I mean, we met a lot of uh, awesome people, saw a lot of beautiful goats and definitely thought, you know, this is, this is what we would want to do as a family. Um, as much as, you know, we did really well with the minis and the MDGAB show, it just, it didn't have the same feel and vibe as being there at a live show and seeing, you know, all these great animals, um, you know, and then being able to see like the different group classes, seeing all the uh, different breeds, talking to different people, seeing different people's management and, um, and then their grooming technique and how they actually set up their animals. And we learned a lot um in that that show um caught the bug and caught and, and caught the bug pretty quickly i i don't blame you there and seeing that that was like the first national show that you guys attended 
uh, to now. I mean, you, all of you, all four of you look like pros out there. Yeah. And <laughs> we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the travel aspect uh, in a second here, but I want to jump to Harrisburg and the 2022 national show, which was a spe- spectacular trip for you guys. Um, we want to hear about that trip, but I also kind of want to hear about how the outcome was for you guys and how that kind of shaped your herd and its future. Well, um, you know, we, uh, we came out of Harrisburg with a, uh, a national grand champion, which was, uh, was a pretty amazing experience. Um, it, it's, it was definitely something we weren't expecting. Um, but we definitely knew that Luna looked amazing this year. Um, you know, uh, yeah. with, <laughs> with, with last year, she, she finished as a four year old, um, pretty early on in the year. Um, and so we didn't get to show her a lot until we obviously we brought her to nationals in Louisville. And then this year, you know, she didn't get to show because, you know, with everything that is going on with ADGA, we just, there's no finished champion paperwork yet. So we couldn't really show her. I mean, I guess we could, but we decided, you know, just for the sake of, you know, all the other exhibitors, as well as our, the rest of her herd mate, we decided not to show her. The only time we showed her this year was Memorial Day at um, the LA County Fair. It was the first year um, in a while that uh, they actually had exhibitors and dairy goats so we brought her out and you know i i have a sally is my doe (laughs) and happens to be in the same age class as luna and the day that the nubians were showing at la fair luna came out she we checked up on her and i looked at her and i kind of looked at sally and i'm like Sorry, Sally. Not, not. <laughs> and and that was that was when I, I I looked at Luna and I'm like, you know, there's something special about her. Liz Liz definitely thought she was special from you know her as a yearling. Um, mm. Something that I didn't see, but obviously she saw and um, and the breeder saw. But uh, so yeah, we we came home with a national champion from. Uh, out of Harrisburg and the rest of the herd did amazing as well. So as far as, as far as we're steering the herd, I, I guess we're, we're stuck breeding goats. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only did Luna go grand champion, uh, which is amazing, but you guys had a really good you show, right girls? Yeah. Yeah. And um, my Nubian doe got you grand champion. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was a definitely a, a good one there for Belle and Winnie did Winnie did well too with uh with her herd and I think um they did uh they had I think where were we? Um all their so there were six youth milkers for the um the Nubian lineup and the girls had five of the six. Amazing. Yeah. So that was that was pretty awesome to have them in the lineup with, with all their does. And then when you got 
Okay. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just, I just want to say, do you guys realize what a feat that is to come all the way from California to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and do so well? Not only walking out with a national champion, but having your guy, all of your goats, just do consistently well. I mean, that's a huge feat, and you guys should really pat yourselves on the back. I mean, that is amazing thank you thank you very much yeah it's it's uh it's still kind of like surreal you know just it's pretty cool yeah it definitely definitely was a a a great experience and like totally honored to to be able to be in the ring with all those great animals and be able to place as well as we did Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean listen i walked by your guys's pen about pens about 15 times 20 times maybe and i looked in that pen i'm like man you would never be able to tell that these goats just trucked all the way from california they <laughs> looked amazing i mean seriously it was it was incredible uh, i gotta ask who was who was the dj on the trip because every <laughs> trip is only as good as its dj and whoever was djing made the trip worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly <laughs> Well, you did great. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what helps too is, I mean, the the does all travel together all the time. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. going back to the whole Luna comment and not being able to show her all year long, that that didn't mean that she stayed in the barn all year long. So, all the does that we were fortunate to finish the past few years and we knew that they were going to go to nationals with us, they tracked to every open show and every fair, regardless of being shown or not. So Luna, Luna got in the trailer, Sally got in the trailer, Ella got in the trailer, along with all the other does on every show we went to this year. And, you know, whoever was going to nationals went to however many open shows. I thought I was the only one that knew that little trick. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was us. And um, I think that really helped out because they just jumped in oh. the trailer and they just thought this is, this is their yeah. second barn. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they I, I had, did the same. Yeah. They had the wall of hay um, that we <laughs> always have for them um, at home. And in the trailer and at the show, it's a wall of hay. <laughs> and so the Nigerians enjoy it because they don't really get the wall of hay right now at home because we, we obviously manage them differently. So they definitely feel like they're on vacation when they, they get in the trailer <laughs> and go to the show because they get a buffet. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's really is. And, and unfortunately, now the secret is out, guys. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> If you take those finished does and, you know, if you fill them up as if they were going to be at a show, yeah. by the time they get to nationals, it's no big deal. It's an old hat for them. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not roaching up in the loin. They're acting like it's just another day cl- punching in, you know, nine to five. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's great that you guys do that. Um, so I kind of want to, uh, kind of slip back a little bit here. Um, 2021 and 2022 shows, uh, you had to travel obviously 
a bit to exhibit. And with a young family in tow, uh, what does the day on a, on the road look like for you guys when you're traveling with your young family and your herd? So, you know, I think going back to like our daily management, it, it's very similar on the road. Everybody kind of knows the task um, and, and what needs to be done. 20, 2021 was a little bit different um, than 2022 as far as the overall experience. It was, it was great experience. And obviously that's why we went again in 2022. But 2021, we definitely, um, we got everybody packed and I don't know, three hours into the trip, we got a, we, we had a blowout. Um, so <laughs> it, it was a good start of the trip. Um, and fortunately we, we had our friend Russell with us. And so he helped manage the, the herd on the way out. Um, but, you know, in the mornings, we basically pull all the goats out. Um, and everybody has a routine, you know, people will start grabbing milk stands, setting up milk stands, getting lambar buckets ready, um, filling up waters. And we all, as a family will sit there, including in 2021, uh, Russell, we would all sit there and milk out the does, um, get everybody watered, fill up, fill up the buckets and then, um, get them fed. We clean up, jump on the road drive as far as the truck will take us on a tank of gas. That's when we pull over and start the whole routine all over again. Um, fill up the tank. Uh, did we have dogs that time in 2021? Just Only one. one. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we had, we had our little chihuahua with us. Um, somebody would take her potties and we would hands out, you know, um, milk and get everything ready we were fortunate enough in 2021 again also to have our other friend Ryan fly out and meet us in um, Louisville. So there was a group of us um, and we managed all the animals at nationals. Um, And on the way back, Russell flew back and Ryan basically took over Russell's spot and came back. Um, Some of the things that we learned along our trip um, to, uh, to Louisville is as little as Nigerians are, we had the great idea of, we, I think we had six or seven Nigerian milkers. And the trailer we happened to be uh, using was a double-decker. And we decided to put all the, we split the top and put all the kids on the top, as well as the front half we had, the Nigerian milkers. Well, uh. that got really old after day two of the of the trip to Louisville and lifting the Nigerians <laughs> up and down, you know, three times a day. So we didn't have oh, a- no. Yeah. No uh, there was no ramp. It was basically <laughs> brute strength and a milk. Oh, no. I'm to throw them up there. <laughs> so on the trip back, we decided the Nigerian milkers are going in the bottom and, uh, with all the Nubians, they figured it out. Um, and then, so this year we planned a little bit different and we had the milker, all the milkers were on the bottom. And We had it, it down pretty good. So our stops midday milking was pretty much, it took us 45 minutes to an hour. The long, I think the part that took us the longest was trying to find water for the does um, sometimes when the coolers were low, but uh, we had it down pretty good. We, yeah, we had it down good. 45 minutes start to finish, um, you know, that would be taking all the stands down. Um, we would have three milk stands out usually. Um, 
three hand milking and Winnie running the goats back and forth and filling up the grain and feeding kids. Oh, wow. And, and you guys brought how many goats to nationals this year? This year we left the farm with 49 um, and came home with 40. We came home with 43. So, we, so six of them were in travel with us as, you know, we sold them along the path or we had them pre-sold, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, and then we actually had 43 come back home with us and um, including some that were just bottle babies that we entered and decided to scratch. Um, and then, I, you know, I think overall we had just under 30 animals, or I mean, just under 40 animals that we actually entered into the ring. I mean, that's significant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here tired after nationals with my measly twelve or whatever I brought. It was two breeds, and there are four, and there are four. Well, yes. <laughs> so really, very I mean, true. I mean, ten ten goats each is not bad. No, it's not. So let's yeah, let's, let's not look so crazy. <laughs> I just I'm I'm remembering back at Harrisburg. And of course it was my first national. So this was, you guys were a well-oiled machine while I was still trying to figure out the, the great routine to have at a national uh, and still be able to find sleep somewhere. No, (laughs) don't get us wrong. There's, there's plenty for us to learn. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's definitely plenty for us to still learn. And I mean, there talk about well-oiled machines are some of those, some of those exhibitors who've been doing it for decades and just watching what they have going on. I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to watch them, listen to them, ask questions. Um, there's, there's been so many great, um, people who've been, you know, willing to share information with us. Um, and that's the only reason why we've gotten to where we've gotten in, in a shorter time. Um, because you know, I, it's, there are a lot of breeders who, have done very well and it took them a little bit of time. And so they're willing to share it with us to help save us some time. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, watching and learning and practice definitely helps you get there. And speaking of practice, uh, Bell and Winnie, you guys practice your showmanship along the road while you guys are traveling and, and working out all the details with that. Uh, do you think that helped you guys with, your showmanship efforts at uh, Harrisburg this year? Yeah, I think it definitely did, especially like practicing showmanship and maneuvers in like gas stations and <laughs> 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 a lot of noise and things moving around. Like our showmanship does more like accustomed to loud noises. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it helped with, you know, the, the patience of, of the goats and whatnot for them, right? I mean, like, the girls would just stand there and hold them, and they'd just stand there. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's a second nature for them. Yeah, that's, you want to be able to fire off a firework, and they just look at you like, hey, is it time to eat yet? <laughs> <laughs> I need to say, we actually, on the on the way home from, nationals this year um fourth of july happened to be on our path home and one of the stops i mean we were we pulled all the goats out to milk and fireworks are being launched off and the does are like is it time to milk (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and 
that's all you can ask for out of a show string for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, the girls, the girls did a lot of practicing maneuvers, as Belle was saying. And we had a lot of time in the car to <laughs> quiz each other on scorecard and body parts. <laughs> and now you know inside and out, you can just look at a blank scorecard and fill it out. And you're good to go, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the girls definitely have the scorecard down, including this year's change, right? Yeah. yeah. Which definitely well, does. <laughs> Well, you probably know it better than I'd, I'd say 30 or 40% of the adults that enter the show ring. So that's that's no small feat. You should be very proud of your passion for dairy goats. Um, I, I kind of want to uh, switch gears here a little bit. And I, this is going to be for Liz. Uh, Liz, Luna is what we all affectionately call a my goat, where you saw her and you were like, wow, that's my goat, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I happen to have one in my barn uh, named Mary Mac, where I saw a picture of her at oh four weeks old, and I was like, "Dibs, that's my goat. You ever sell her, Dibs? Because she's gorgeous, and I love her, and I love everything about her." So everybody listening knows the story of Mary Mac, but let's hear the story of Luna. <laughs> well, so in 2019, it's the first time I actually noticed Luna. I think I guess we saw her in 2018 when she was a yearling milker, but I didn't really see her see her. In 2019, I saw her. Well, we didn't see her in 2018. We, we heard, heard her, her in 2018. Yeah, I mean, she was in the ring with <laughs> <laughs> She was in the ring with but we heard her. She she had the typical, you know, Nubian scream. scream and yeah. like you heard her across the ring. I wish Danielle was here so I could just rip into her because she's always like, oh, they're so quiet. Well, Danielle, you're listening right now and you hear that? Yearlings aren't quiet. Yearlings are not quiet. So 2019, I saw her and she was being really naughty in the ring. She was being so naughty for the handler. But all I had was hard eyes for her. I just, she was just so gorgeous. There's something about her. She wasn't even filled all the way. She wasn't feeling her best that day. But she was just beautiful. And um, so I'd always ask Audrey and, I, you know, the breeder. And I say, oh, you know, every every show after that, I'm like, oh, did you bring Luna? And she's like, oh, no. Or she did, you know, and at nationals. I'm like, did you bring Luna? And she's like, oh, no, I didn't bring her, you know. She stayed home. I was like, oh, okay. I just wanted to see how she did. You know, I just I just wanted to see her. I just loved her. Right. <laughs> so um, so then we were getting some Nigerians from Audrey, the last of her Nigerians. And um, she just threw it out there. She's like, well, I don't know. I don't really want to. wasn't planning on selling Luna, but, you know, she focuses on her Lamachas. And she's like, if you guys are interested, you know, would you be interested in Luna? And, and Tom was like, well, let me talk with the family. And. He asked me, I'm like, yes, yes, so, yeah, we, we need to get that goat. And he's like, what? He's like, we don't need another goat. We, you know, we were talking about numbers earlier, right? And, yeah. I'm like, no. We, we have enough. I think we're good. <laughs> and we were selling our minis at this point, you know, trying to slim down so we can focus more on the standards. And he's like, well, we're already selling minis. You know, we're, we're trying to downsize. I'm like, no, we need this goat. <laughs> so we got her. <laughs> my way we would have gone we wouldn't have had luna and 
we would we might not be having this discussion right now. <laughs> so well, oh, no. no, 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 no. You guys, well, listen. You guys well, caught my eye the first time I saw you in that ring with your big smiles and hugging each other and just encouraging each other. This would have happened. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, she she was national champion, big hoof-hearted RB Luna. Um, that's so crazy that a my goat uh, just turned out so spectacular for you guys. Yeah, yeah, she really is my favorite goat out there, and she always has been. And like, she's the only one that demands kisses as she gets off <laughs> that gets off the milk stand, and you know, she's just she's like such a sweet. Yeah, I guess she I guess she earned a little bit of of. Uh little slack on the stand she takes she takes she takes her time jumping on the stand as we said earlier (laughs) she doesn't back out of the of the um the stanchion like everybody else does she kind of just sits there and turns to you she really wants kisses like she will sit there and wait until you put your face to her and she licks you and then she's then she's good and And then she's good and she'll back out (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how she doesn't just come off of the stand to a bed of rose petals for her to walk across back to the barn every time. She's She really is a really special dog. <laughs> You're not making it better, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just make sure Luna doesn't hear this. <laughs> we, we don't we need Liz not to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> No matter what I say, you're in trouble with that one. I mean, <laughs> a my goat that turned into a national champion because of your guys' care. I mean, if Liz said, hey, I have another my goat, I don't think you have much of a choice if it if it were to happen. <laughs> Again, you're not helping. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't worry. I have conversations with, with many people and – after I record and I publish the episode, all of a sudden my wife will run in the room and say, I listen to the podcast. You're not getting a goat from this person. I heard how much you like their animals. So don't worry. She has to deal with it too. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're very fortunate that Audrey offered it to us. And, and Audrey um, saw something in her too. Audrey definitely saw something in her. I mean, she, she made a comment as, you know, I, I talked to her, you know, and she said, a lot of people, a lot of breeders would have looked at her as a yearling and just sent her off and, you know, not give her a second chance. And Audrey obviously gave her a second chance, you know, freshened her second year and she definitely matured. Um, but she, at every year, I mean, I would say almost every month she, it seems like she looks better and better and better. So, um, we're definitely grateful to have her here. Oh, for sure. And then not only does she uh, do great things by becoming a national champion, uh, she goes on to appraise 93E across the board. Um, so she's like, she's hitting home runs for you guys everywhere. She's definitely <laughs> hitting home runs everywhere. And for us. we just um, ultrasounded her today because that was our first time really using the ultrasound and we got to see her little babies. We saw spines. And yeah, stuff. that was exciting. So, that was cool. so that her AI took for sure. And do you guys want to say how many she has in there currently? We we could confidently say two, but yeah. there's possibly a third or maybe even a fourth. Um, you know, as Liz said, this is really that was the first time we 
got to use the ultrasound machine. Our friend was nice enough to say, Hey, do you want to try it and see how many she has in there? Cause we knew she was, she was confirmed bred with a, a blood test. And so today was just extra fun to see what was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing better than just sitting at home and, you know, going ahead and looking at all your animals and seeing how many are inside. And it just kind of makes it, we put a lot into these animals, but it feels like not only is it a payoff, but it also just makes it makes you that much more connected to those animals by you sitting there and watching this happen and seeing what's happening with that ultrasound. So I'm sure it was a special moment for you guys. It was. It was definitely a special moment. Yeah. The girls, the girls got to, you know, hang out with us and, and Luna and we all sat there and saw spines. And <laughs> <laughs> moving. Moving spines. Spines. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to switch gears again here, guys. So hold on tight. Uh, it's obviously breeding season. You guys are hopefully getting towards the end of your stragglers as you guys like to shoot for latest April for kids. Uh, mm-hmm. looking at your herd sire list, however, there are a lot of homebred herd sires and animals bringing in older genetics and mixing with new, maybe more trendy or current genetics. Uh, what is your guys's herd sire philosophy? Um, so I think as far as a herd sire, you know, obviously, as people say, it's, it's 50% of your, your herd, right? I mean, cause you could mm-hmm. have, you have one buck that could breed your whole herd and, and that's what you're going to get. Um, so you know, we, we did a lot of breeding with the minis, um, you know, when we first got into it, we started out with a great foundation herd of minis and, um, really love the foundation we started out with. Um, and we went out and reached, we reached out to get some other genetics, um, thinking that we needed a little, uh, diversity as far as the breeding program and some of the outcome wasn't what we were expecting um not that they were bad it just wasn't wasn't the look that we were going for and um, we kind of went back and looked at the original breeder and what how she was doing her breeding and whatnot and found out you know more about line breeding um so we figured that with line breeding you're going to get a little more consistency um with what you're wanting um in your herd and so you know as we got into the standards um, you know, we talked to other breeders who were willing to share information. We read, um, different posts and whatnot. And, you know, one of, one of the things that a breeder has mentioned to us is breed your best animals to each other. Um, yes. and, and that, that definitely stuck with me. I, I believe that was actually Paul Fox who made that comment is breed the bet your best animals to each other. And another breeder, you know, mentioned about, you know, using a buck out of the best doe and then coming back and, you know, a couple years later, getting another buck from that same doe um, and using that throughout your herd. So, you know, there's there's definitely a sticky point of using homebred animals versus um, finding a, a buck from another herd and bringing it in and so we're using homebred bucks um especially luna bucks um <laughs> yeah hoping to build the herd's consistency with her genetics and so we're using 
other bucks and then keeping a buck kid that might be out of her <clears throat> or one of our top does and hopefully breeding all those together um, and, and building the consistency and the style that we are wanting out of our herd. And the focus originally was mammary. And I think we've done a pretty good job with having some really nice memories. And, you know, I think what we're lacking and what we could improve on, and there's no, uh, there's no hiding it, but you know, the breed characteristics on some of our animals or a good chunk of our animals isn't, you know, the, the prominent Nubian head and the ears, but all of that will come. I mean, it's five points that we're missing out on versus 35 points in the memory. Um, yeah. yeah, or some judges it's a hundred, or some judges it's a hundred, and so you know, with the Nubian herd, we're definitely using. Um, we have two sons out of Luna that we're using. We have a grandson out of Luna that we were fortunate enough to get back from um, the spotlight cell doe that we had from last year. We got a buck hit out of her. She freshened really nicely, and we actually. Um, <clears throat> repeat that breeding and have uh, a full sister out of that. Um, and then we have another buck kid or a buck out of a couple of our top does. And so we're just kind of working on infusing the different doe lines that we had and combining them all and making our own. Um, oh. yeah. Unicorn goat? Our, our, our own unicorn goat. So hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll create our own Luna eventually. <laughs> Well, I got to say, guys, uh, I'm pretty jealous for the fact that you guys uh, feel that you've gotten the mammaries down and now are working on some general appearance issues. I can tell you, as somebody who has been working on getting better mammaries in my herd since I started, that I am so jealous because <laughs> general appearance, I feel like, is something that I've been able to gain uh, fairly quicker, and obviously I have a much smaller herd, so you're going to see it impact a little bit faster because you're working with a smaller group here. But the mammaries, I mean, that's that's the tough one, especially in Oberhasli. Obviously, the Nubians, uh, they have a much more appealing mammary system um, that you see throughout the breed, mostly. Um, but yeah, the, the general appearance thing, I think you guys will... Uh, be able to knock that out here pretty quick yeah hopefully, hopefully you know where it's it's time will tell and we just continue to push forward and do what do what uh do what we do and just breed some goats and uh <laughs> have some kids and see how they freshen so do you guys are you are you guys kind of switching gears on which breed you're keeping more numbers out of or focusing more on, or is it just a, we're focusing on both breeds kind of like I am with the Guernseys uh, and Oberhasli uh, and trying to improve in throwing as many eggs into each basket as I can, or are you trying to focus on one and then kind of in the future really focus on the other one while still being focused on the other? Well, uh, that, that comes down to, you know, we originally talked about having the three breeds and we had mm -hmm. a hard decision of letting go the mini Nubian herd. Um, you know, we, we definitely slimmed down in 2019, um, because we knew that the standards were what we wanted to do. And 
the the minis took up a lot of time when we would do the v shows as we were talking i mean we would take 100 pictures of one goat and maybe get get half a picture that looked decent um and then we would continue to do that and kind of the same you know thing like nationals as we went big and we did our entire mini herd and we would enter in you know 20 30 goats in a mini show um and so it took a lot of time so we decided you know in 2020 to to let some more go and last year when we went to nationals and you know the girls did really well in showmanship and we did well in the breed classes that you know we wanted to continue to focus on the standard breeds both you know the nubians and the nigerian dwarfs um so we decided to let the the handful that we still had left around you know find them really good homes um we're really happy with the homes that we found for them um, and each, you know, I think in 2020 when nationals, um, or when there was no shows, we all asked the, or Liz asked the question when we we're in the truck, it's like, Hey, if we could only do one thing next year, which would be 2021, what would it be? And everybody had the agreement of it's nationals. And so that's, that's where we're focusing. The herd is with the standard, um, Nubians and the Nigerian dwarfs and the girls really enjoy showmanship. I mean, Winnie, Winnie and Bell both did great in 2019 with showmanship and they both placed second at their first national showmanship and they, they continue to do well in both 2021 and 2022 where, you know, Bell, Bell placed 10th and 6th mm-hmm. and then yeah. Winnie was fortunate enough to place first in both uh, Harrisburg and in um, Kentucky. So, you know, as I said earlier, I think we're, we're definitely going to focus on the standards and the minis are, you know, I think we might breed a couple here and there first generations, um, you know, because there are a, a good amount of people still requesting minis from us and they would love to have something from us. So and we still have semen in the tank from our mini bucks and we still have black hair, but she's probably not going to do much <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Girl. Well, well, here's the thing with, at least in, the Northeast, when I've noticed many dairy goat breeders, is quite a few have mm, okay genetics that they're using uh, to create these minis where you guys are using top-notch genetics. So I can totally see where there's a huge market probably for you, um, where you probably wouldn't have an issue selling those kids. Uh, so totally understandable with that. Uh, and also with the mini Nubians, I mean... I don't know about you guys, but if I have to leave a milker at home for somebody else to milk while I'm off at a show for a day or two, and that's not even, you know, that's not nationals, which is over a week just at the show. And then you guys traveling back and forth is huge too. Leaving milkers at home for somebody else to have to take care of and you're paying them for it. That's kind of scary, right? It it definitely is scary. I mean, we were very fortunate last year. We had actually even, I just should say even this year, we, we, and in 2019, we, we definitely had some good farm help and trustworthy people willing to, to milk and whatnot for us. Um, and we did leave some milkers last year and in 2019. This year, we knew that um, it was going to be a little more difficult. So we, we knew what our show string pretty much was going to be as far as milkers. So anybody who was home got dried out. And um, so that we didn't have to leave that responsibility um, on anybody at home. So 
going back to the whole mini scenarios, yeah, leaving leaving the minis because we couldn't bring them with us. And uh, so, you know, they definitely had to take a back seat. And, you know, somebody somebody made a comment, you know, when back in 2019 when we started talking about letting the minis go is like, hey, you're you're a big fish in a small pond in the mini community. Why why would you want to go to the standards, get rid of the minis and become a small fish in a big pond? So we took the dive and did it anyways. And, you know, great, a grateful. People, a couple of people said something similar. To that a couple of well. people said that very similar. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't, it comes down to the experience that we get as a family and what we get to do, mm-hmm. you know, and the travel and whatnot. I mean, the, the girls, we homeschool the girls. So they're, we're fortunate enough to be able to do extra shows and fairs and whatnot where they're not missing school because they take school with them. Right. And, you know, we get to do that with the standards. I mean, the minis, there's there's very far and few mini shows. And I would love to continue to support them. And, and we will in whatever capacity we could. But it just made more sense for us to direct our efforts toward the standards and, and the Nigerian dwarfs. Well, for those people that said that to you, I mean, <laughs> I think I think in... A couple of years, your herd name will be a whale of a herd name, not only for Nubians, but for Nigerians as well. I saw your guys' Nigerians in person, and they're not bad goats. They are impressive in their own right. And I mean, the style between them, between the Nigerians, and the Nubians, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but you definitely have a style that you like because they're both <laughs> very similar in uh, type. Well, and I think that's that's part of what's going to help with using some of the homebred bucks. We'll bring in genetics still. We're using AI and whatnot. But it's just, again, trying to build the consistency within the herd of what we like and, and the look that we like and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nigerian oh, I mean, certainly hold their own. Oh, yeah, they do. And you're right. Using line breeding is definitely a way to smack in those different pieces that you need for your herd and create that consistency. I mean, you look at the Kurt Schnipkes, the Julie Mathises, uh, anybody that's big in their breeding of whatever breed they have, they probably rely very heavily on line breeding and they'll choose an outside buck to use here and there. And then they'll create their own herd sire with them. And then that buck will move on and then boom, there you go. Now yeah. you're working with your genetics that are less of the same, right? So um, no, I think you guys have the right mindset for that. And honestly, you guys' program is, is going to be, something to really look out for at shows. Not that it's not now, uh, but I think we're just seeing the beginning of what you guys are going to have to offer. Thank you. Thanks. I mean, again, I credit a lot of people who are willing to share knowledge with us, um, you know, to be able to get us to this point as quickly as we did. Um, You know, it, it really, it paid off with, you know, animals that we were able to bring in and, and, knowledge people were willing to share with us and then you know and then ai AIing is is definitely a pretty awesome uh 
source to bring in different genetics. And, you know, we have breeders that are willing to share information with us on some of the semen that is old that we don't know about and recommending different, uh, different bucks to us to use. Yeah, it's, and that's the fun stuff to really delve into. If you can get your hands on some uh, old dairy goat journals and like really look back through, through time and you'll see the names of those bucks that they're talking about. And it's, it's kind of cool to be able to play with that old stuff. It's awesome that you have some breeders that are actually willing to share that, that knowledge with you. How, isn't that something, right? It is. <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, it's, it's competitive. I mean, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm a, I'm a competitive person. I grew up, you mentioned hockey earlier um, off topic, but you know, like I've always played hockey and I've, I coached it for a number of years. And I always look at a team sport as you're only as good as your bottom player. And regardless, I, I, I've, I've come to love Luna. <laughs> um, and we'll say, you know, we'll close Sally's ears, but you know, Luna, Luna has to be, I guess, the top animal in the herd <laughs> right now. Um, but you know, we're only going to be as good as our youngest animal and, um, our youngest animals being kids that were, are being born and whatnot. And so we're very fortunate, you know, to come away, not with just a grand champion from, um, nationals, but we had our kid crop did really well. I mean, we had a, a second place, uh, junior Nubian kid, um, who actually was out of a yearling milker who was also second place and who was actually the granddaughter to bell's um youth premier uh senior doe so looking at our young crop and how well they're doing really encourages us that we're heading in the right direction you guys are wise because i'll tell you right now there's a lot of people including myself, most likely. Well, I'm sure you guys had sticker shock too when you guys won national champion, but they would be stuck on that national champion and well, we got to create another Luna. We got to create another one. But you guys are looking th- at the future. So I'm sure on the way home, yeah, you guys were probably over the moon about Luna, but I bet you a lot of the conversations were like, oh, well, this junior kid did well. This yearling did well. Imagine if we did this and this and this, and then they could do well next year at nationals or next year in the show circuit. Like a lot, you guys are just, you're there in your mindset. There's a lot of people that fall in the rabbit hole of, oh, this is a finished champion, not even national champion, just this is a finished champion. I have to recreate this. So good on you because most people, they don't see that. It, it's funny that you said that because that's actually something that we took away from uh, Paul Fox, he actually mentioned that he sells Finnish champions. And so this year, as hard as it was, we decided to let a Finnish champion go um, to be able to free up that space, free up that resource for us to be able to keep a younger animal that we are able to bring into the show ring and enjoy and, and to continue to see where our breeding program is because, you know, it is a breeding program and we're going to have some nice animals come out and we're going to have some animals that didn't turn out as well as we wanted to, just like everybody else. And so mm-hmm. without letting some of the older animals go that we wouldn't be able to bring into the show ring because that's what we enjoy is, is the show ring. So we are letting animals go that 
a lot of people might just be holding on to because it is a Finnish champion. And yeah, yeah, I mean, and and this Finnish champion, she she was a nice doe. She had an e memory. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely uh, hard decisions to make. Oh, for sure. But if you have a daughter or two in your herd uh, that should be better than their dam, I mean, that makes that decision a little bit easier. I'll tell you right now, I've got a doe that she finished as a two-year-old first freshener. And when I'm discussing my plans with friends, uh, they're shocked for when I say, you know, I might end up selling this doe. And <laughs> yeah. But it's like I have a daughter this year. Uh, and I'll hopefully, knock on wood, we'll get a daughter next year and, and we'll see how she freshens and matures. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's a really smart thing to rely on your younger stock. And I feel like those that have an older animal that uh, has finished and they're still trying to get more, more daughters or sons out of them, they're kind of sitting stagnant, right? They're not focusing on the younger stuff. They're kind of just still spinning in the mud on that one spot that hit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. Like if we could have like 50 daughters out of Luna, I mean, we'll, de- we'll definitely, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're, we're, great, we're, we're grateful to have two right now and we have two sons. Um, but you know, the rest of the herd, I mean, we have some strong animals. Um, and so to just solely focus on Luna wouldn't be the, the greatest, but that's also why we're using her sons on, all these other daughters is to hopefully infuse what she has to bring to the table to the rest of the animals and the rest of the herd. Well, she's definitely an exception to the rule of what I just <laughs> said. I mean, remember rose petals at when she gets off of the, the stand, like that's, you know, <laughs> rose petals. Yeah. The rose petals at her feet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe maybe she needs like a silk collar with rhinestones on it, something really special. Definitely. Well, you know, Winnie did definitely do a good job of making sure she put her youth showmanship efforts into Luna at Nationals too, and and did the extra scrubbing of the of the toenails and whatnot, you yeah, know, the, the feet and the hooves, and yeah. you know, I think uh, I think you know Liz and Belle did a great job of making sure all the animals were groomed. But yeah, I mean, she looked good. Yeah. She looked good. I mean, so, um, I think, I think you guys should be very proud. And uh, before we wrap this up, I just want to ask uh, Belle and Winnie, what are you guys looking forward to most next year? Mm. Nationals. Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Showmanship. Especially for Winnie, she'll be moving up to new age bracket. Oh, so nervous. <laughs> oh, don't be nervous. Listen, you are a natural. I saw you out there. <laughs> so I think I think you guys will do quite well uh, at nationals, and you know, with the youth event, and also with with your herd. I mean, I'm excited to see what you do. I don't think I'll be able to attend to watch this time. It's a little far for me. I don't have a double decker that I can put all of the Nigerian milkers up top and front. Um, so, <laughs> but I think that you guys will have a great year and who knows, maybe I'll be able to get out there without the herd. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fly over and uh, we can my slave. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, everybody wants us to have a booth again next year, so we might have to figure something out. But we'll, we'll see. It'll be good. I mean, I think, I think um, you know, obviously it makes it easier for us to say, yeah, just come over here. But obviously farm help is an issue for you guys to try to find farm help and come out. But, you know, we're excited. It's, it's definitely going to be a shorter trip for us. And we've done oh, it. I'm sure you guys are really excited about that part. <laughs> definitely will make so, life easier. So guys, what would be one thing that you would want to leave listeners with knowing about you or any advice about dairy goats that you want to get out there before we end this thing? Um, Keep your eyes and ears open and listen to everybody that is willing to share information, whether they're an experienced breeder or a new breeder, because even new breeders have a lot to offer because they're obviously doing a lot more research to be able to figure out what they're going to do. They're talking to other experienced breeders. Um, so they have a lot to bring to the table as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think just keep your eyes and ears open and, know that you could learn something every day from anybody, whether they're, you know, eight years old going to their first national show and doing showmanship and, or, you know, somebody who is, you know, we are very fortunate to be able to meet Dick and Ann Pigman and Dick, I think was 89 yeah. um, when we got to meet him and he was in the show ring. So there's a, there's a lot of experience throughout the age classes. Awesome. And, uh, how about you girls? Um, I, really the same. Just observe as much as you can, especially at the shows. Um, talk to the experienced breeders as well as the new ones. And, yeah. um, just watch for any tricks, especially with showmanship. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of skill to showmanship. I, we give the girls oh, a lot we, of credit. Yeah, we did adult showmanship. Yeah, for the first time, it's just like, you know, just for fun that the last show had it, and so me and Tan went in, and you know, it was it was a uh, it was intense. It was it was very intense. <laughs> it was definitely not a two hour showmanship class at nationals. It was a fifteen minute tops, and it was it was pretty it was pretty brutal. <laughs> you, you get nervous, right? We we did the same thing last year at a show, and you get nervous. Uh, just like the kids do, and you don't want to be the one to mess up. So it's it's definitely high stakes. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely high stakes. But the girls, the def- girls definitely hold their own and help Liz and I as far as like learning the scorecard because they're learning it and they're trying to quiz us. And you know, like you said earlier, I think they probably know more than thirty percent of the people out. I think it's probably more than that. <laughs> I, I would I would assume so too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I gotta say, guys, as a, as a guy that's got his family involved with dairy goats, I've got a young daughter, uh, my wife. Um, it's really awesome to see a, another family that's all smiles, embracing each other, supporting each other, win, lose, or draw. You guys have smiles on your face, and you're just excited to be there. And I gotta say, it's inspiring because I've been to shows, including nationals where the kids are getting out of the ring and they're crying because they did poorly and you know the the parents are scolding them and and I got to say what you guys are doing is what our industry needs and you should be very proud of yourselves. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. That's that's Yeah. 
that's 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 a, a very uh nice comment and you know we, we we're very fortunate to just be out there yeah. having fun having fun learning oh you guys are definitely having fun that's for sure <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been really a pleasure, and I hope we can have you again on here sometime. We would be honored to be on here again, and we appreciate you guys asking and, and sharing our story with, with others, and hopefully others will find it entertaining or, or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be entertained. <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh, guys, we've been joined by Tan Liz, Belle, and Winnie Duong of CA Blackberries Herd from Southern California. Thank you again so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure. And for everybody else, this has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and Danielle's at, I'm guessing, the train station because the Yankees probably lost. We'll catch you on the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.